The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome. This is News Talk 1130 WISN, the Retirement Clinic. Hosted by the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, and today's host, Aaron Spitzner, in studio. You're pulling a solo act, Aaron. That's well, right. Welcome back. Well, thank you. It's been a while. It's been a few months, but I'm excited to be here today. Well, uh, you're on WISM Monday through Friday, we should mention, right? Market updates done by you and the others, the staff at the Kowal Investment Group during the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. That's just a little glimpse as into the, the market's activities. Yep. I, don't you kind of get the sense, Aaron, that the stock market, it's not like it's collapsing. It's not like it's going way up. Almost like um, stuck in neutral. Yeah, I've been having a, a lot of conversations about that lately, and we, we try to give everybody an idea of, of what's going on a, on a day-to-day basis, uh, as well as what the trends are in our market reports. And it seems like we're spinning our tires. There's been a lot of back and forth movement with the yeah. market, um, but I will say there are some optimistic things to look at. If you go back six months, many accounts are are, are kind of clawing out of this and, and up double digits uh, from that point. Granted, we were at a low point at that time. We were, and since January one, I checked my own, and and I'm heavily in stocks, and I'm up for the year. Yeah, so so things are quietly, I should say, going well for, for, for most investors that have stuck with it. Um, with with some clients, I, I've been, been showing kind of how the, the different peer groups have done so far this year. You know, whether you were a 15 to 30% stock investor, 30 to 50% stock, 50 to 70. And then there's this, this category out there called these tactical uh, guys that try to time the market. Um, we don't advocate for that. We like to make little adjustments here and there within our clients' portfolios. And boy, the tactical guys have been having a really tough time over the last six months or so. And you got to remember, they got to get it right twice. If they're making a big shift in the portfolio, when to get in, when to get out That's right. uh, of certain uh, trades. And um, it, it's been a very difficult market to trade. Uh, but those that have stayed invested... Uh, have been rewarded, I would say, over the last uh, six to seven months, well, that, uh, pretty heavily. Uh, so it, it's been it's been positive in that regard. Kind of the crux of the retirement clinic. What you do at the Cowal Investment Group is retirement planning. It takes discipline, patience. It's the big picture. It's long term. Again, we talk retirement and all things related. So coming up in the show today, we're going to talk about Social Security. This is Social Security Month. I should mention. Yep. Um, so that's coming up. Also, Small Business Week, which is April 30th. That's starting tomorrow, right? Today is the 29th through May 6th. We will hear from Aaron Kowal with the Business Owner Savings and Security, the boss segment relating to Small Business Week. Also coming up, you're going to talk about financial fraud, something that with technology and everything else scares the heck out of most of us and what we need to know about it. And then... Converting a 529, which is saving for your kid's education. Yep. Something new this year, Aaron, converting that to a Roth. Yep. So all, all three of these things have, have been brought up in conversation recently with my clients. Um, Social Security, it's a very common question, and I thought I'd kick off the show with that. But financial fraud, 
I, I almost joke about that in a way that I, I felt like, yeah, I'll never be a victim of that. I'll never be susceptible to these calls or texts. And, and I've gotten texts lately where you take a, another look at it. Is this real or not? And how to, how to handle those, how to address those types of situations rather than just shoot from the hip. Oh, I'll just I'll click on this link. Well, you don't know what that you just expose yourself to. And once to. you click, you may have already yep. done the damage. And, those, and another thing, um, you talk about artificial uh, intelligence, and I think we have all maybe seen those, those clips where your voice can be impersonated. That's creepy, man. And now oh. think of how that can... Um, Make its way into the the fraud uh, world where your your voice or your child's voice, nephew, niece, uh, could be uh, basically manipulated. It could be they you could think it's them on the other end of the phone. They need money. Something happened to them. Well, boy, it sounds just like them. And this is not that Prince of Nigeria thing. That, Th- this that's is just old news. Hey, 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 Grandma or Grandpa, yeah. I, I've had an accident or whatever it may be. In, I need their money. Voice, think and of it that. sounds just like them. I mean, they can do videos where it looks and sounds like them. So and and the voicemail to- thing going on now. You you can get a voicemail without getting a phone call. Do you know about this? Uh, I've, I've. It's s- very scary. I've seen these. Like, so I, I figured it was important we we address that, and then the five twenty nine to Roth. Um, it, you know, we'll, we'll be able to squeeze that in at the end. But it's a new yeah. thing this year. Been brought up in conversation with clients. If you're not going to be using all of the five twenty nine dollars on education, uh, what your options are with those? So, oh, oh, see, I was under the assumption all of it. Let's say little Joey Jr. decided not to go to college, so we want to convert all that money. But you make a good point. Maybe I don't. Maybe I saved really well, and I don't need all of it. Yeah. Can yeah, I convert so this? So there's new rules now this year. Yep. So we'll talk about what your options are at the end um, if you if you've haven't used all of that money. Um, so a lot, a lot to discuss. Uh, a, a lot. Can I give out all the pertinent information? Yeah. Because what you guys do so well, the Cowell Investment Group, I'll just spend 20 seconds here. Okay, we mentioned they do the market updates Monday through Friday. They've got locations all over southeast Wisconsin, right? So Waukesha World Headquarters, Port Washington up in Ozaukee County. There's an office in Racine. I think you work out of yep. that, right? Highway 20, right off the freeway. Yep. Racine has covered Heartland, Wisconsin, the newest edition. Also in Phoenix, Arizona, licensed in over two dozen states. So you can check on a lot of snowbirds, you know, a move away or half the year, whatever. But they continue doing business with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. Or if any questions come up during the show, like Social Security, like the conversions from the uh, 529 to a Roth, call the Kowal Investment Group. So we send all your questions right to their office. That number to call, 262-522-4040. Let's start with Social Security. Big part of a retirement plan at... Yeah, and and uh, I've been getting a lot of questions on Social Security lately. Not necessarily all timing and when should I take it, but also some of the the nuances of it and, and how is it calculated, things like that. Some of this may sound a little bit basic, more elementary for for some listeners, but there's also some other things to pay attention to as we move on in the article. And this is how much will my Social Security benefit be? This is an article from Morningstar. Um, published uh, back in February of this year. And just to kind of kick that off, Social Security, um, again, as you may know, is a series of federal programs aimed at increasing Social Security welfare, among them supplemental insurance, housing, food assistance, and what most people think of retirement benefits. 
So to qualify for Social Security, uh, for the benefit, uh, you need to be 62 or older and have enough work credits to be insured. So to be insured, you must accrue 40 work credits or 10 years of work. Based on your annual income from your job, you can earn up to four credits a year. So again, just something to be aware of is that everybody is going to be qualifying for Social Security retirement benefits. You got to have those uh, 40 work credits or about 10 years of work to be eligible for, for Social Security retirement income. Even if you work part-time or are self-employed, you are required to pay Federal Insurance Contributions Act payroll taxes. You hear that acronym, FICA, FICA taxes in 2023. This makes up 12.4% of your income. Again, so I, I go through these numbers because people like wonder where where does the social security like money come from uh, well you may not be aware but 6.2% is taxed from your salary and the other 6.2 is matched by your employer that's right employers have to pay that yep so the the taxable maximum is currently $160,200 meaning wages equal to or more than that will only contribute up to $9,932.40 for the year. You can look on your paycheck stub if you're questioning any of this stuff. You'll see all the taxes. Yeah, and it, it, so the, the takeaway there is just be aware that it, once you hit, once your income goes over that $160,200, you're no longer paying into Social Security, but you're also not getting any additional benefit for it. So some people argue like, well, everybody should be paying more even if you make more. Well, you're not actually getting a benefit for it, and this is your own individual benefit. So $160,200, if you make over that, you're not going to have that additional 6.2% uh, Social Security. And then also be aware your employer behind the scenes is making this other 6.2% contribution into the Social Security uh, kind of your pool of money for yourself. I will just say the small business owner in America, for people that, you know, I was complaining I don't get paid enough. When you put yourself in their shoes, the money they pay if they offer you benefits, yeah. health care benefits, vision, dental, the 401k, and if there's a match, Social Security, employees are pretty damn expensive. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh -huh. we in we, addition to the salary, most people just look at what's the bottom line. What am I taking home? But there's there's so many other parts of it, um, just to get you employed and up and running and, that's and, right. and paid. So, so that's kind of the the behind the scenes as far as kind of where that money is coming from and and how much you're contributing, whether you know it or not, in your employer. So, when should you take Social Security? You can start your Social Security benefits when you turn 62 uh, to receive full Social Security benefit. Uh, you must reach your full retirement age. So depending on your birthday, your full retirement age is between 66 and 67. Uh, there's calculators all over the place. Again, you get your letter in the mail. I believe it's every five years. You can take a look at that. Your annual earnings, how much of that um, was reported, um, and then also these different ages and what the amounts are. Our good friend, Carol Ritson, yep. who's been on the show. In fact, about a month ago, her and Jeff did a show, and she said, you know what? Since I've been like 20 years old, I'm now 56, Aaron. I've been told Social Security won't be around for me. Yeah, I'm almost to the age of taking Social Security. 62 is when I'd qualify, right? The first yep. year. And the longer you wait, so if I wait each year, doesn't it go up like by 8%? Yep. 
look at that. You led right into the next I was part listening. of it here. Um, I, I think it's an amazing thing if you can wait. And you know what? Maybe someday it'll be gone. I, nobody can predict the future. I didn't think a lot of things that are happening right like, now. Like in most society. things in Washington, it'll go down to the eleventh <laughs> hour, and that's when they'll they'll decide to fund it again. Um, they typically like to drag their feet, right? Go back and forth. Somebody will come out the hero. It's a political it, be, football. Yeah. It yeah. really is a huge deal. I mean, there's checks and balances. Republicans have Congress right now, right? So. Mm, I don't think that's going to go away when I'm 62. Yeah. That's just my thought, Aaron. Call me naive. I doubt it will. Yeah, they have some time to to save it, right? Yeah. Somebody yeah. will be the somebody will save Social Security, have it named after him or something. A filibuster. Um. So yeah. So as far as timing, if someone with a full retirement age of 66 claims their Social Security at 62, their benefits will be reduced for the rest of their life. If that person waits to claim Social Security until full retirement age. Their monthly income would be about 33% more. If they wait till they're 70, it's 76% more. That's a lot. So this is called delaying Social Security. Again, so 33% of a – you take a haircut on that primary insurance amount. That's what they call the amount at your full retirement age. 33% less um, if you delay it and about 25 26% more from that primary insurance amount if, if you, you wait till 70. So if you can't afford to delay it, you've got cash flow, you've got <clears throat> other sources of cash, of income, it's worth it to delay it. Yeah, it, it can be worth it to delay. Um, oftentimes, I mean, this is a, a big discussion with, with most, most clients is what is the optimal strategy? Um, and to be quite honest, there, there's only really one person that knows what the optimal strategy is, and that's the man upstairs who knows how long you're going to live. That's right. But we can go on based upon only what we know. So we tell, take things into consideration like portfolio income, pension income, uh, life expectancy, family health, and history. Um, and then from there, maybe you're also taking into consideration uh, what, how much your spouse made, how much you made, um, and, and come up with a strategy uh, as far as when to take Social Security uh, delaying Social Security is often the greater good for people who expect to have an average or longer than average life expectancy or have younger, lower earning spouses. Um, again, there are a lot of factors to consider, such as cost of living and life expectancy, and that's where the retirement cash flow analysis that we'll, we'll put together for all of our clients comes into uh, comes into play. And even that isn't going to give you like a, a black and white kind of a idea of what to do there's there's lots of other factors to consider because you're asking to predict the future yeah where we're you know you factor in inflation to all retirement plans right Aaron? yep so there's so many moving parts to a retirement yeah. plan oftentimes i'll kind of skip ahead here but you know one of the questions here is how does this work if i'm married should my spouse and i take social security at the same time um Again, this jumps ahead a little bit, but I'll come back to the other part in a second here. Uh, consider a couple where one partner is 62, already retired, and has little or no, no savings. In this situation, they suggest the lower in, the lower earning spouse claim benefits first so the higher earning spouse can delay. Then the couple would receive enough Social Security income to tide them over while they wait for the higher earning spouse monthly payout to go up, ultimately increasing their lifetime benefits. Again, so lower income earning spouse, maybe a little bit younger, mm -hmm. um, they hold off, or excuse me, they start the income right away. You get a little bit of money coming in, so now you find yourself retired. Okay, where am I getting all my money from? 
I'm going to pull from my portfolio, but I'm not going to get I'm not going to pull everything I need from the portfolio uh, because you know the lower earning spouse is going to have some income coming in from Social Security. That'll supplement what I'm taking out of the portfolio, and then you delay uh, for the higher earner. Mm-hmm. So once they turn that income on, uh, that amount's a little bit bigger. And by delaying again every year, it just means more and more. So that yep. does make sense when you think about it. And then you got to consider the, the gender pay gap and risk of delaying. Uh, women typically earn less than men, but women also tend to live longer than men. So you got to take that into consideration. So again, it may make sense for the higher earning husband to delay claiming Social Security and maximize the couple's lifetime benefit. But should the husband die, the lower earner steps up to 100% of the deceased spouse's benefit and any increased benefit gained from their own delay vanishes at that point. Let me just go over that. Yeah, that's a lot. So you, a lot okay, so a married couple and you're married. I'm just picking random numbers. The husband, they're both retired, they're married. Mm-hmm. His social security is let's just say 3000, hers is 2000. He passes away. You don't collect two social security payments, you collect Correct. one, but it's the higher amount, so she would collect the 3000. Correct. Okay. So that's why they say you know the higher earner delays. Um, if it's if it's <clears throat> excuse me if it's a, a male or a guy, we typically don't live as long. So then your spouse would just collect your higher amount and again, and then she'll be happy. Nobody she knows about the guy upstairs. And yeah. you're right about women not making as much as men. That is the if, if you run the, the facts and numbers. But you know what? As the years go by, decades, I think that's going to slowly creep up and kind of catch up. Yeah, and then it makes. Retirement planning a little trickier. Now you have two people who both have higher social yeah. security amounts, but that's even a, just a better benefit for them because I've seen cash flow analysis looking into retirement more. Boy, you have two high earners with both have great social security benefits, and they look at each other like, I didn't realize it was going to be this much. We don't really need that much from our portfolio anymore. It's a good problem to have, Aaron. Yeah. So, so social security can be a surprise for some people yeah. with, with how much there there is going to be available to them. Um, the other area that I wanted to address here as far as social security, um, is how is social security calculated? Um, don't worry, I'm not going to go through some random <laughs> formulas here and bore everybody to this death. calculator out. Um, but just real general, there are, there are a few key numbers that are used to determine your social security benefit. The core thing to understand is that your monthly payout is calculated based on the average amount made during your 35 highest earning years of wages up to the year you turn 60. Okay, so the, your highest 35 earning years of wages up to the year you turn 60. So, you know, in, in that regard, it is something to pay attention to, um, especially as you're younger, maybe making a lot and adding in the Social Security one thing that got brought up in a recent conversation that I had is even with some some small business owners that maybe pay themselves that are just taking a draw from the business, maybe not paying Social Security taxes, uh, that can be a surprise down the road or all of a sudden, Ooh. I don't have much of a benefit at all. None of, none of those high years for my, my business are calculated in there. I'm just taking a draw from the business, not paying myself, not paying into those FICA taxes that I thought I was getting away with. And now here comes the retirement. And, oh, I don't have any social – my social security income is small because it's calculated based on using a lot of those numbers when I was 
you know, 17, 18 years old and that's a good point. working at the grocery store. And remember the days we used to get the mailers where it would show your years from your first job? I mean, when you're 15 years old up to current day, that's now all, all online. Aaron Carroll stressed the other day, make sure you give out the right website, socialsecurity.gov. Yep. Yeah, you can take a look at all the, the wage history there. Um, and, kind of fun to look at. And then way. what's nice, too, is those lower years drop out, get replaced by the higher income years, and, and ultimately increase your benefit. Um, the last thing here, Social Security benefits have guaranteed inflation protection with the annual cost of living adjustment. Every fall, the cost of living adjustment, or COLA, which we hear it, uh, the acronym all the time, is calculated by averaging the consumer price index. No, this is a mouthful here. The COLA is calculated by averaging the consumer price index for urban wage earners and clerical workers from the third quarter and comparing it with the previous year. Okay, so just basically the inflation for the third quarter um, and comparing it to the previous year. For 2023, um, we saw that as an 8.7% increase, one of the most significant boosts since the automatic adjustments began in 1975. In 2021, Social Security received a 5.9% bump, and the year before it was a measly 1.3%. So we went from 1.3% to 5.9% to 8.7%, and now all bets are on as far as where we go from here going into 2024. Again, it's based on the third quarter inflation, uh, so we'll have a better idea of that later on in the year. Um, And then one more thing here. I keep saying one more thing, but inflation increases are reflected in everyone's future Social Security income, even if they have even if they haven't yet filed for Social Security. So I get that question from time to time. too. That's a good thing, right? Yes. I mean, factor in inflation like we should. If you're running some sort of a retirement projection and you're looking at your cost of living adjustment, even though you're not taking it, you're still getting that bump every, you know, every time there's a cost of living adjustment. Um, So. Again, we'll see where the numbers go from here. Well, this is only transitory inflation, though. That's what they told yeah, us. Yeah, that's true. Oh, actually, for a while it didn't exist. Yeah, and then it, it was transitory. It then transitory. Now it's yeah. like, oh, oh, maybe there's a th- something going on here. Yeah. So, boy, I mean, it, it's uh, everybody in the industry knew. Everybody saw it coming. Everybody We've, was. I mean, how, how can you tell a business right that they're non-essential? They can't go to work, but at the same time, hand out money for people to buy things, right? So don't you, you can't. Have, you can't. It just. It can sustain it's itself e- for only so long before it catches up. This is Econ 101. It just it, that doesn't that's, work out very well. Yeah, that's exactly right. Aaron, that was a great segment. Remember, socialsecurity.gov. If you want to check out, you you can create your own account if you haven't, Aaron. It's a good thing to do, right? Yeah, just to, just to get a good idea, you know, they, regardless of your age, you know, a lot of people, well, I don't realize I get Social Security or oh, it's not yeah. going to be there when I, when I retire or, you know, be, yeah, it's okay if you don't count on it, but just have an idea of what that potential okay, number would be. Okay, let's say you don't count on it. Be a, a negative Nancy. I don't care. Be a pessimist. I think it's going to be there, just Aaron. Look, well, for for at m- least maybe, me. Maybe it's a good strategy. Maybe you put the blinders on, say it's not going to be there. And plan appropriately. Plan plan like it's not and save like heck. And then it's a bonus and then it's when there. it shows up. <laughs> yeah. So there's that monthly chat. Social Security, Aaron, before we break, was never designed to be my sole source of income in retirement, right? That Correct. was not why it was designed. Yeah, that was designed like if you lived beyond, it was designed if you lived beyond life expectancy. Yeah. Uh, which, at, yeah, at the time, 60s, 70s, or whatever it would be. And, and disabilities and things like that, yeah. right? A friend of mine is legally blind. He cannot work. Yeah. And, and now Social we, Security. And I think, if, yeah, so if you're, 
even for disability, if you're, you get the benefits as if you were 62 and regardless mm -hmm. of your age. So, yeah. I mean, that's where it really comes into play for a lot of people. And in addition to retirement, that's the part we don't hear about as much, but the, um, yeah, the benefit was, was supposed to be there. And in, in the case that you lived beyond life expectancy and you needed something. Yep. And now here it is, the people talking strategies, they make their living talking about social security strategies. But if that's all you get in retirement, that solely is your income, that's just not that much. Yeah, it, it's typically, unless you're a lower, lower wage earner, um, it, you're going to have a hard time replacing what you know your, your monthly need with just social security. So then it turns to you, right? Look in the mirror. It's your responsibility, be it a Roth, a 401k, your pension plan, whatever your savings is. That's what they do at the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. We'll be back. A quick break on the Retirement Clinic, hosted today by Aaron Spitzner, the Kowal Way dot com or two six two five two two forty forty. Also to remind you, the boss segment coming up next in just minutes away, Aaron Kowal, because it's Social Security Month, yes, but it's also Small Business Week starting uh, this week. So starting tomorrow on Monday through May sixth. And Aaron will talk about that. Then financial fraud with Aaron Spitzner coming up as a topic and converting the five twenty nine to a Roth. New stuff this year. All ahead on WISN. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Attention small business owners, employees, and consumers. Small Business Week is upon us. It kicks off tomorrow, April 30th, and runs through May 6th. This is a 50-year tradition that honors small businesses and their contributions to the community. If you haven't celebrated Small Business Week in the past, now is a great time to start. Take this opportunity to honor your small business and others in the community. Here are three ways you can get involved. Share your story. If you're a small business owner, you have a story about why you were motivated to start your business or why you became involved in the business you now own. Take this time to share that story with your customers and supporters. Say thank you to the people who keep your business going. Every business owner knows it's not just them that keeps the business going. It's also your team, your clients, and your supporters. Take a moment to thank them. Number three, get the word out. I understand just as well as the next business owner that the weeks fly by, but don't miss out on Small Business Week just because you're busy. You can post about it on social media, write a blog sharing your story, send an email to your clients and supporters, or include an acknowledgement in your newsletter. To all the small business owners out there, happy National Small Business Week. And to all of our amazing clients, team members, and supporters, thank you. The Retirement Clinic continues. You just heard from Aaron Kowal, today's boss segment, Business Owners, Savings, and Security. Small Business Week coming up this next week, so that was very fitting and appropriate. And now we switch gears back with Aaron Spitzner, your host. TheKowalWay.com for more information on the Kowal Investment Group. Fraud is a big topic these days. Financial fraud, more so than, oh, my Facebook got hacked. I got to change my password. Financial fraud, Aaron, is much more significant than that and it's downright yeah. scary we're not here to scare people we're here to educate you yeah and to be aware of of a lot of the risks that are out there is a matter of fact here as we were just waiting to go on the air here's a headline coca-cola is joining a, a, a growing list of non-technology companies hoping to leverage ai or artificial intelligence and one of the things that kind of spooks me 
It is the use of artificial intelligence when it comes to fraud. Uh, so I thought it would be appropriate to, to walk through this, this article, Financial Fraud is Real. Here's how to protect your money. Watch out for these red flags. Now, there's a lot here to, to unpack, but I'm going to kind of cut right to the, the meat of it uh, to save some time for our last segment today. Uh, but again, it, it's one of those areas that we hear a lot about um, texts that we may get or phone calls uh, where people are trying to get money from us or get our information so they can use that uh, in a fraudulent way. And I thought it would be helpful just to go through some of the reminders of of some of the red flags to, to look out for. Um, but inf this article starts off pretty great here. Inflation, bear markets, and, and recessions aren't the only potential threats from which you need to protect your money and portfolio. More money, more chances uh, you may be the victim of a financial scam. Scams are getting bigger and, unfortunately, more believable. Uh, here are the financial fraud red flags to look out for. Oh, and then when you add AI, it's almost like, uh, how can I not believe it? I mean, it's I the could voice be doing, of with artificial intelligence. I could. People are doing radio shows like this, and it's not even them. I, it boggles my mind, Eric. And I'm in technology, <laughs> and I'm working. I don't think people understand the full extent. Maybe they think it's virtual reality, and I'm playing some video game. No, no it's, it's way beyond that. I, I mean, we've the clips are getting out there where it's it's somebody talking, but it's really not them talking. It's 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 all scripted. Uh, so here are the financial fraud red flags to look out for and tips to know as you grow your wealth and investments. Uh, well, first and foremost, so why do we fall for these types of frauds? Uh, creating a sense of urgency is a popular tactic for scams, uh, says Morningstar's chief Invest information security officer, Daniel Meyer. It's the emotional response they want to get from you so that you're not thinking, you're reacting. Um, so here are some tips. These are kind of common tips, but again, we often forget when we're in the moment. Verify where messages, requests, and links are coming from before you respond or react. Be suspicious when receiving something you didn't expect. Update your phone and laptop to the latest version. Putting off these updates makes it easier for people to exploit the vulnerabilities in the software, um, you know, kind of a funny story is is not really funny, but kind of funny. Um, I never thought I would be victim of these types of things, and uh -oh. ever since I've, you know, started working in the financial services industry, you always get checked by uh, you know the IT company on phishing emails, right? So they they knowingly send these to see who is more vulnerable. They're testing you. They're testing you, yeah. And uh, guess who failed one recently? <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I get an email. Did you get one scolding you? Uh, I got it. I had to take more, uh, yeah. basically another kind of class uh, to go through. This is common in corporate America right What now. to look for, yeah. So They for, test you. Your IT department will test you. Yeah, so for those that are listening that aren't aware, it's basically a, a link that looks real. Uh, you click on it, and then they're... Here come the bad guys, right? They mm -hmm. whatever they're doing behind the scenes that gives them access in some way, shape, or form. To your but thankfully, computer. yours was just a test. Yeah, mine yeah. was just a test, and <laughs> I failed. And and I swear, I, I still don't know which email it was. Uh, they never showed that to me. I never saw the proof because <laughs> there uh, was none. <laughs> so I don't know if they're just picking on me or what. But again, it's one of those things where, boy, like these tests are either these tests are these fraudsters are getting better, the tests are getting better, or I'm becoming just 
not as aware of it. So it's it's good to refresh yourself with these things. So five financial fraud red flags to look out for. Texts with links. That's number one. While mobile banking, shopping, and other phone-friendly options eliminate the time and sometimes effort of in-person interaction, it does make us more vulnerable to financial fraud. If you receive a text message with a link from a number you don't recognize claiming to be your bank or a store with a tracking number, do not engage with it. Instead, contact customer service and confirm. Right. So that's like a really hard one to do in practice. Because you get that message and it's like, hey, click here. Like, here's your tracking number. Yes. And if you're like me, I return texts right away because I like clearing them out, you know, because I'm going to have to anyway. So that's just me. There's that sense of urgency. You touched on it before. You see, let's get this done right away. They got you. Hey, your package was delayed. Click here to find out more. And you're like, oh, darn, right? Where, what, what happened? I was expecting that today. And you click there. And so let's say it's your bank, just, and I know we got to move along here quickly, but. A text with a link that looks legit, you click it, but it's not legit. You should pause, take a moment, and actually call your bank. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing that most people don't want to do then. Because it's the, more work. Yep. And they get to yeah. wait on hold, do this, do that. Yeah, with the, the hold music, I could have just texted. It's much quicker. So you're almost better off you get those links. If, if you don't recognize it, just delete. Yeah, just don't do anything with it. Uh, messages asking for a favor. We talked about this to kind of open up the show. Posing as somebody you re- you report to at work or even your CEO is a common tactic used by scammers. Typically, in this type of a scam, individuals will receive a text message along the lines of, hey, I'm at a conference, I need to hand out some gift cards, and I need somebody to help buy me some. Then the individual purchases the gift cards. It wasn't really the CEO. And you know what happened. There goes your money. So, again, it's not necessarily um, somebody uh, you have a close relationship with. It may be somebody at work um, or somebody pretending to be somebody at work that, you know, they get the money from you. Number three here, unexpected money requests on mobile payment services from friends and strangers. Uh, This is the one we, we also spoke about. You know, I know I sound like a broken record. We've all been told not to talk to strangers, right, since we're little kids. However, you should be wary if you receive a request from someone you know, too. Uh, Scammers can impersonate profiles easily on these services by requesting the same profile picture or a similar username. If you get a request for emergency groceries or rent money from someone you know, reach out to them first to avoid financial fraud. And always enable your privacy settings for your transactions on these apps. And so it not is always a text. Sometimes it's a real phone call. They can all now think about it. you're out there in social media, Facebook and all this stuff. They can even use names. I've heard of this being hey, I'm here with your friend so and so and we're at the bank and we need this to be done. And it sounds so legit because they just said my friend's name, right? Or yeah. they may say you and your husband, Paul, you know, or something like that, and you're like, What's well, gotta be real? Yeah, but when it, you think it through, all of our information's out there. It, it the scary part of the like it does make you like stop and think, and then you're like, well, if, if these people like maybe the remember, like like you brought up before, like the Prince of Nigeria thing, yeah. like think of when those hacks started, like how long ago was that? Like when twenty they, maybe twenty years? Like they were cutting edge at that time. Little did they know, like yeah. these people that were doing those scams and what that would develop into yes. now, and how good that this has gotten. Yeah. Now they they got lost in the in, in the dust. Not they, compared they to some did. of these new fraudsters. Who would fall for that? Who would think that and actually send money to somebody? 
they've never met, but this hits close to home. Yeah, and, and it's, it's usually trying to yeah impersonate somebody at work or a relative, mm-hmm. uh, nephew, niece, something like that. This, this this number four is pretty good too. Promises or offers of instant debt relief. So like student loan forgiveness, scammers take advantage of these types of offers by adopting similar lo- similar logos and using time sensitive urgent language pressuring individuals to make an immediate payment or convincing them that they may miss their opportunity for relief. So, hey, you know, act on this now, and we will um, erase your, your student loan debt. And, you know, you punch in your name, social, date of birth, like to verify the amount of debt you have out there. Well, next thing you know, that information is all gone, mm-hmm. and somebody's now stole your identity. Again, so just be aware. Um with everybody using their phones, um, boy, I, I even saw something in, in this article about the number of people that have used their phone for financial transactions and how that has just absolutely like ballooned since COVID. Um, in 2021, over 130 million people used an app to trade and invest. Oh. So that all kind of came out of COVID. It did. Once people were staying at home, right? All these self-traders. I almost look at who doesn't have their bank's app on their phone the other the other thing is like think about that and now the bank or whatever company you're using is now going to hey we're going to aggregate all of your financial uh um like sources out there your your credit card your 401k your pension fund this and that you just got to enter this username and password well oh man that's okay with i mean there are select firms out there that these banks do business with um that that they trust that they fully vetted that you can have like a one-stop shop and look at all your accounts. I'm not saying that's wrong, but just be aware of what software company you're using, mm-hmm. um, and that you're. And using when in doubt, call source. your actual bank, uh, yeah. the branch. For us, it would be the local branch in Cedarburg, and just ask them, "Is yeah. this legit?" And they're probably going to say no. Don't do anything. Delete it. Yes. Yeah, so one more. Do you have one more tip before we break? No, I, I just would say you know the bottom line is um, if you have any doubt, don't do it. And, uh, you know, like you said, make a phone call. Nobody wants to make a phone call anymore, but it's really easy to do. If it's a fraud line, typically it goes right through. Another thing is if you're nervous that you did something wrong, now with the mobile app, you can oftentimes with your bank just turn your debit card off right away too. Yeah, you can. Um, And other things, your credit. Yep. Um, This isn't in the article, but I know from, remember when the, the credit bureaus got hacked? You know, they offer free, you can go and freeze your credit for free. You just got to remember that PIN number. So you don't want to forget that, but you can freeze it. There's no reason to not freeze That's it. That's a whole and other topic. Out there trying to find, a, you know, remembering all the passwords, yes. everything from your Netflix to your benefits at work to yeah, you so name it. it. There's there's ways to to kind of secure yourself without going out there and buying the, these software uh, packages that will will monitor your credit for you. You could just freeze it. That way, it stops the bad guys from doing anything. Not just telling you once they've done it. Aaron, if people have questions, this is something that's a real common topic right now. Then you add AI, artificial intelligence, to the mix, and it gets scary. So here's a number you can call, and we know where it's going, right to the Kowal Investment Group. It's 262-522-4040. And that was good stuff, at least to raise some awareness and question things before you quickly act on that text or phone call or whatever it happens to be. The Kowalway.com or 262-522-4040. 4040. Coming up next, converting 529s, an education plan, right, for your kids? Yep. You just mentioned maybe student loan debt freaks people out. Maybe junior is not going to college like you planned. 
they can now be converted to a Roth. It's something new. Aaron's talking about it next on the Retirement Clinic here on WISN. On WISN's Retirement Clinic with your host, Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. And it is time for the Wealth Management and Preservation segment. This week's topic, converting 529s to a Roth. Aaron, something new this year. The reason I thought it was important is because we had a 529 account for, for the listeners out there is, a, is used for educational savings. Okay, um, And oftentimes, uh, for those that you may not use all the dollars that are in the 529 account and things have changed there. So you may have overfunded it, or in some cases you may have somebody who did not go to college and now you have this education money and what can you do with it in the past? Um, you would have to pay tax on the earnings and potentially some uh, 10% penalty as well on those earnings. But now with the secure 2.0, uh, you actually have the ability to convert that money to a Roth IRA. Um, so with a Roth IRA, right, the, be- the benefit of the Roth IRA is that if those earnings, uh, they'll continue to grow tax-free. And if they are distributed as part of a qualified distribution, basically meaning you reach the age of 59 and a half, and the account's been open for five years, you can use that money for whatever you want. Uh, the limit on how much you can put of that 529 money into a Roth IRA is capped. Uh, the limit over your lifetime is $35,000, which for some people may, I, I think that would that is pretty appropriate for how much you would put in a 529 anyways. So again, this could be some overage that you didn't use for college, and now it's time to, hey, what do we do with this? We got $35,000 left in there. Let's start to plug it into a Roth IRA. Well, how do you get it in a Roth IRA? That's the trick. Um, The annual limit that you can put from the 529 to the Roth uh, is is very similar and subject to a regular IRA contribution limit. And this is where it gets kind of complex. And this is where I pivot and say, if if this kind of catches your attention and this is something that you're considering doing, to give our office a call and we can walk you through this. Also, you have a little bit of time because the rules for this, this does this provision does not go into effect uh, until January 1st, uh, 2024. Oh, we got time. Yes, yeah, so we got plenty of time um, to really to begin this transaction. Um, but again, as far as how much you can convert, you can't just say, hey, I got $35,000. I'm going to go plug it in a 529 and be done with it and wipe your hands of it. No, the annual limit that you can put in is similar to that of the IRA contribution limits. So what do I mean by that? Uh, Assume a regular contribution of $1,000 was made to the owner's traditional IRA or Roth IRA for 2024. The maximum amount that may be converted from a 529 plan to that individual's Roth is $5,500. So if the limit that you could contribute was $6,500, You've already put $1,000 in of your own money. That leaves you with $5,500 that you can move over to the Roth IRA from the 529 account. Um, Again, the aggregate total that you can do in all years is capped at $35,000. So kind of a weird rule there. It's not like a Roth conversion, 
So you do it in stages, kind of? Yeah, you can kind of chip away at it over yeah. the years. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't take advantage of putting any money into a Roth, yeah, you could do it um, You know, over the five, six years. Yeah. You could I get mean, there. How much is it again? 35000 is okay. the limit. Um, so, again, it, for me, it, it there's a lot of other rules uh, to be aware of, uh, but... The, the thought process here is to know that this exists now, that you can go from the 529 to the Roth. The limit's 35000 you got to be aware of how much you do each year. Um, and then from there, start planning it out and structuring it out where we can begin that, that conversion to the Roth. But it's kind of a cool thing. This is happening. It's an yeah, opportunity. It gets, it gets kids started on, on their uh, retirement planning as well. So that's yeah. kind of the goal of Secure Act 2.0 is to get more people saving and get more money in Roth accounts. I mean, you've already paid tax on the money that's going into the 529, so it really shelters that that um, tax-free part of it. It just allows us to transition from what was going to be used for education into what's going to be used for retirement. But you're right. It's new, right? Yep. And it's confusing. There's a lot of moving parts. Call the Kowal Investment Group. We're going to take a quick break and wrap it up with all the info. Coming up with Aaron Spitzner on WISN. Aaron Spitzer, we're wrapping up the retirement clinic. We covered everything from fraud, social security, changes in conversions of 529s to a Roth, general retirement planning, the do's and don'ts. And we even talked about small business owners, Aaron at Small Business Week coming up. Yep. So if you've got a question, Aaron, this is so simple. Just again, it's a phone call away. You can start on the website, thecowalway.com. Yep. We urge you to call their office with questions at 262-522-4040. You're part of the Racine office, Aaron. Yep. You can always set up an appointment. Meet me down in the Racine office right off uh, I-94. Yeah, it's, so, it's convenient, right? Yep. And yep, in addition right to Racine, you got you Heartland? Got Heartland, Port Washington, Waukesha, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, so any one of our offices, give a, give us a call. Heather would be happy to uh, set you up with one of the uh, many advisors we have. TheKowalWay.com, Monday through Friday on the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. news box for the market updates done by the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Until we meet again, Aaron Spitzner, have a great weekend. All right, thank you, you too. And stay tuned, everybody. News coming up next. That does it for the Retirement Clinic, but we're back next week, 10 o'clock on WISN.